0: going on guys welcome back to the construction royalty podcast i'm your host Irvin, and today man we got a good show uh we got my good friend kyle georgian on the show uh kyle he's originally from southern california and he recently moved to the austin texas area uh, so he definitely adds to the population here right um but but uh man this guy's a this guy's a true hustler he owns built right um which was formerly built right construction and they did, you know, like uh, outdoor patios, uh, synthetic turf, um, and anything around like that kind of um, aesthetic look. Uh, but now they honed down and dialed in deep into just synthetic turf. So now it's just built right turf. And man, you're gonna, has an interesting story um, and some interesting goals. And uh, you'll hear more about them in this episode, so stay tuned. How are doing, man? How's it going? the good, yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, for sure, anytime. So, somebody comes up to you, you know, at an event or wherever, and tells you, hey, Kyle, man, nice to meet you. Um, what's your response to that? What do you, I mean, what do you do? Yeah. What's your response to that? So, um,
1: so built right construction does just we specialize in synthetic grass and installation. That's pretty much it. Um, if you want to know the history, so like the history behind that is uh, my brother and I started a business together in 2013 and uh, my brother had met his previous business partner and uh, selling turf out of a, like the back lot of a car dealership, and it was just like a little side gig, like a, you know, like a side hustle essentially. Uh, the guy was an entrepreneur, so kind of took him under my brother's wing. And so this whole story kind of plays into how I got into construction and how I got into the turf industry. But um, you know, my brother's entrepreneur as well, and so he got in with this other guy named Bob, and uh, he just took him under his wing. My brother was right off, out of uh, high school. And then uh, started selling, you know, helping them acquire cars for their used car dealership. And then my, he saw, I was like, hey, you're a great salesman. Like, do you want to start selling turf out of the back of this lot? So he mm-hmm. started doing that. And so um, they started doing that for a couple months. And he's like, hey, do you want to start a business together down in Temecula where you live, which was Southern California at the time? And um, he's like, sure, why not? And so I'm in college at that time, you know, going to school. And my brother's starting a business. I'm like, well, that's cool. And, you know, I was, getting, I was getting my degree in biology. So has nothing to do with business has nothing to do with you know synthetic grass um and you know i didn't know what to use my, my degree with for at that time i was like hey i i got this degree great i went through college you know took me four or five years and then um my brother's like hey we're, we're opening up another branch down in san diego that do you want to join us there and i was like yeah why not let's go ahead and like i've got nothing else to do so i had a car at the time sold that thing for 13 grand my grandparents unfortunately had passed away like when I was 13 and so I had about 20 grand left over from that from their inheritance and so I took that 20, 13 grand you know just for like came to, came to my brother and his business partner at the time they provided the uh, inventory which was a, you know, equivalent, we all came in at like 30 with 30 grand essentially and opened up a little uh, store selling synthetic grass down in San Diego and so you know it was a retail company at first, mm-hmm. I, like I've never been in business so you know I, I literally learned everything from doing QuickBooks, um, to dealing with customers, customer service, cutting turf, everything. So start to finish, learn the whole process. And then eight months into that, um, people start asking, hey, do you guys know anybody who installs this turf? And we're like, well, shoot, it can't be that hard. My dad's been in construction his whole life. My dad's actually an electrical contractor (laughs) uh, for, like, 30 plus years, you know, his dad was an electrical contractor. He got into it when he was 18. So I come from a family where my dad was like a business owner doing his own electrical work too, but uh, like owner operator my whole life. But I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, well, I don't really plan on being, um, you know, a contractor or in business. Like I was like, I was, I went to school, like what's the highest level of achievement I can get in my mind at at that time when I graduated, I was like, well, I'll just become a doctor. You know, I could help the most people that way. And then I realized in school, I'm like, I don't want to go to, like, being in an office all the time or having to, like, cut people's body open to, like, fix it. I'm like, I don't want that life, you know, and plus I don't want to go to school for another 10 years. Yeah. So I said, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what, Dylan, that sounds, my brother's name is Dylan. And I was like, that sounds great. Let's go ahead and open up that store. And, um, you know, people started asking for installation. So I, was, like, picked up a measuring tape, went to their house, gave them a bid, asked my dad, hey, how much to install this? And, you know, that's where we started getting into the installation. We didn't have a license at the time, um, but we shortly after acquired a license with our business partner. And, um, you know, the company started off as, like, artificial grass liquidators, artificial grass liquidators construction. Then we ended up getting people asking us, hey, do you do, um, like, can you do walls or can you do pavers or can you do this hardscape or landscaping? or we're like, let's see why not. They're asking us for it. Maybe there's some opportunity here to make some more money. And so we ended up starting taking all these other scopes to work on. So um, that's when we switched the name to Built Right Construction because it didn't make sense to be like the one shop stop for like everything in the yard and be called artificial grass contractors mm-hmm. at that point. And so um, funny story is that now that we've kind of like gone through, uh, we're going on to in 2000, sort of like on year nine of business now with the installation business and like, now we found out what's what's our niche. So, our niche is, like, just specific, synthetic grass. Like, we figured it, we can scale the business as as much as possible and do as much volume. And we can serve our customers better just doing the things we're great at and quickly can get our turnaround time. And so, we, we actually switched our, our name back to Built Right Turf mm-hmm. just, like, this week. Oh, nice. So, panel. a lot of stuff, just a lot of things moving on into the different directions, you know, over time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I remember, like, whenever I pulled up to your house to do those, like, recess lights and stuff, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I saw the build, right, construction, I thought you were, like, a builder, or yeah. a home builder, or something like that, you know, but, you know, as I got to know you more, like, I realized you are just, like, deep down in that niche.
1: Yeah, of, uh, that's stuff. what people think, they think we're build, building homes and stuff, and, yeah, I mean, one day, that is, like, a goal and a dream of mine, like, I'd love to, like, buy land, develop, and build my own homes, because my wife loves doing design work, I love mm. creativity, I love... Like seeing things from like an idea to design to actual plans to
0: yeah. seeing it done, you know. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty crazy, man. Just like you know, flat land, and then years later, you just have all these buildings and stuff in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. But um, year nine, dude, two thousand thirteen, you started it. That's when I graduated high school. Yeah. So yeah, that's what kind I of old too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nine years ago.
1: It goes by fast, man. That's yeah. weird to think about now. I feel really old. I graduated in 2008, but, yeah, I don't know, life goes by really quick. Yeah, it does.
0: So how come you didn't get into electrical your dad's an electrician?
1: Um, I, like, I grew up doing, like, stuff, like, when he built our family's first home, like, we had, like, he subcontracted all out, right, as as a general, but I remember, like, doing electrical work with him on that house, like, pulling wire through walls, like, it was cool, but... It just never really, like, occurred to me. Like, I have no idea why I didn't go that direction. Like, I yeah. probably could have learned it and kind of gone that route really easily. But I think I was trying to shoot for something higher, right? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, in my head, I was like, oh, well, my mom came from, like, the uh, uh, administrative side of, like, an eye practice, like, eye doctor's office. So, I was like, I got some exposure to that, too, and I think I gravitated towards it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like, I was, I guess, smart, you know, growing up, so I was like, well, if I don't have to physically go work, then I don't have to, you know, which is weird now, because, like, I don't mind hard work, like, I've done turf installation with my own hands, like, I can do the job, but, um, like, I'd rather spend my time working with people, teams, and creating, you know, businesses
0: can support a lot of people, so. Yeah, yeah, that goes back to, like, the, like, you do what, you know, like, or, or, yeah, like, you're in a position, like, to do what's, what you do best, right? Like, you know, yeah, you can install turf with your hands, but somebody else might be better at you at doing that, mm-hmm. right? So it's better for them to do that and for you to, you know, meet people and, you know, create these for relationships sure. and stuff like that if you're better at that than everybody else.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, because our subs, like, those guys, <clears throat> they've been doing it longer than I've been in business, and, like, they're so skilled. Like, I, I wouldn't even want to compete with them trying <laughs> to install properly, you know? So yeah. they do an excellent job. Yeah, they do it with their eyes closed. Yep. I mean, they do it every single day. Plus, it's hard physical labor. Like, they're conditioned for it. Like, I would eventually catch up, but mm-hmm. I feel like I can make a bigger difference with what I do now, you know?
0: Yeah. Whenever you guys started that, that branch in uh, San Diego, like, like why did you just decide, you know, hey, fuck it, you know, let's let's just start, you know, even if you had zero experience in business? Yeah, so...
1: I saw my brother being successful in these little turf stores, so I ended up saying, like, hey, if it's working for you, I got nothing better to do, why not, you know? And my brother, if you ever meet him, like, you feel like you're going to go pretty far if you pair up with him. So, like, Uh he's just, uh, he's a visionary, so he's a very, you know, very entrepreneurial at heart and um, uh, just a lot of energy around that. So I was like, hey, why not? And, you know, it's like when you don't have anything to lose, why not?
0: Yeah. Is he still in uh, California? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. We still so, know. so you, you just moved here, right, like, not too long ago here in Austin? Yeah, it's coming up on two years this year. Okay. How was that move? You know, how, how did the work affect you, or how did that transition, you know, is it, did it get better, did it get worse? How did it, How's it going? Yeah, it's
1: interesting. So, um, we, we moved out here to actually expand our turf business, which mm-hmm. I've done a couple jobs out in Austin so far, but... Uh, it's picking up more and more as time goes on. We just aren't really pushing it because things got so busy when I moved out here in California with COVID because everybody was spending money on their yard, True. you know? And so um, it's weird because when I tell people, yeah, I've got a business running, you know, with 10 plus employees in California right now that I live here. <laughs> they're like, what do you mean? How does that work? It's like, well, I, I like, I literally see face-to-face virtual meetings every day. And I talk to every single one of my employees every day. So there's still just as much connection. I think when I moved out here, I probably spent more time interacting with my team um, when I moved away from them than I did when I actually physically lived there. Because with COVID, you know, like we were just like we weren't working in the office as much, anyways. So everybody, if I was to move back there, I would still be as a virtual as I am now because everybody is like working from a home office or working in some different location at all times. Mm-hmm. So and I fly back, you know, probably once every other month or so to yeah. see my team. Yeah, I've seen, I've
0: seen the trips you've been making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, it's fun. I mean, you value your time more with people and you don't get to see them as much in person. There's definitely, like, magic that happens with people when you're in person versus, like, over a
0: screen. Yeah. But it's so good. Yeah. I kind of, like, realized, I know we were talking, like, before this, that, you know, like, I'm here all the time. So, I guess, like, when people actually come in here, like, I actually go out for, you know, the first time and whatever time you know like it, it feels good like to interact with people Mhm. and it also feels good just being alone for sure but like you're saying like when you're away from people for so much like that interactions kind of like gets more interesting
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's that is true you you appreciate the interaction with people more when you are you know isolated from them for sure
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah so so um how, how do you plan on on um, growing here like growing the team here or you know, doing what you guys did in California, but here in Austin. Yeah, so our
1: future plans for growth right now, actually, we don't even have much plans to grow too much in Austin. Um, I'm working on getting my license right now in Nevada, because my brother's, uh, one of their companies, Turk Distribution, and they do it, it's a national company. They're, they've got a warehouse in California, they got one in Henderson, Nevada, and there's just a lot of leads there, they're asking for installation, so we're getting a license there and then we're going to open up an installation lake there. And then, uh, in Fort Lauderdale in Florida this year. So June is our target date for both of these. So we're going to open up in Nevada and then Florida, um, and target dates for June. But, um, Austin, I'm kind of here. So whenever I get a call, I just go in and run the appointment. Mm-hmm. If I get a bunch of repeat business from that, you know, like people keep calling cause that always, what that's what happens when you usually build value, take good care of people and just get referrals, you know? And so, um, if we get a lot of that, then I'm going to probably have to hire like a project manager or like a territory type manager who can run the appointments out here and oversee our project quality and things like that. Meet with subs, whatever the issues, like everything. We basically can't run our business without people on the ground, no matter what, yeah. even though we subcontract everything
0: out. So, yeah. Uh, so you're pretty much just like looking for where the demand is. Right? Mm-hmm. Even if, you know, even if. I guess your initial, like, dog might have been, you know, to expand out here, but the demand is, like, somewhere else, and you're going to those places first. Exactly, because it costs the same to open up here as it would in, like, somewhere like Nevada
1: or somewhere like Florida, so if there's a higher demand and a higher return, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, it makes more sense to put resources where we're going to get the most opportunity out of those resources, and so, um, I love it here, though, you know? I love working where I, like, having work where I live, but... um, we're just running the business the way that we think is going to be the we're going to make the biggest difference right so like our model with our business is like we obviously like every business has to make revenue has to make profit to exist but mm-hmm. like our main goal is to improve the quality of lives for people like whether that's our customers we just happen to use synthetic grass to do that mm-hmm. you know and so mm-hmm. like i'm giving people a yard space where like now they, they had a like, for example, like, they go home, they look at their, their backyard, it's got patches of dirt, it's got weeds in it, it's got dog crap all over it, like, it's just a mess, and it's a headache, and they have anxiety over it, because now they have this yard that's their kids can't even play in, or the dogs can't play in, but now we get to give them an opportunity to have turf, which has zero maintenance almost, and, you know, very, very minimal weed maintenance, uh, it doesn't ever die, like, the pets can run around on it as long as they want, the kids can run around on it, not get dirty, you know, so... Uh, there's a huge benefit to that and so like we the way we try to make sure people understand that when we work with them is like hey we we're not here just to like sell you a product and give you this plastic for your backyard Mm -hmm. we're doing it because it's going to add value to your life and it's going to hopefully bring you more happiness somewhere right just like at the end of the day every business is in the business of selling happiness some in some way shape or form that's the reason why we do business with people like we go buy food because it makes us happy we buy things and clothes the way the clothes we buy because make us
0: feel good in some way shape or form right so yeah that's a good way of looking at it because a lot of people just focus on like trying to sell mm-hmm. right like just trying to sell their product trying to like push it out to people who may want it and need it but they like they feel like pressured mm-hmm. right and, and like the way they that you're looking at it and the way that your company just like looks at it from a different perspective of like you know helping the client you know mm-hmm. bringing them happiness you know and things that are in their best interest, you know, it just so happens that you install synthetic grass. Yep. Yeah. And it's twofold
1: for us too, because like, it's not just our mission to like help our customers quality life, but like every person that joins our company, like our goal is to see them develop to their greatest potential. So we don't want people to just come into our business and be stagnant and never grow as humans. And what that means for most of our team is like, we're going to put you through the ringer. Like you're going to be stretched and you're going to grow and you're going to have to go through hard things and we're going to have to have hard conversations because no one ever grows in comfort just like going to the gym. Mm-hmm. You don't go to the gym and feel like, wow, that was really easy. <laughs> yeah. That was a great workout. <laughs> like, no, you're like, oh, man, I'm destroyed. I can barely walk out of here today. <laughs> like, that's how you know it's a good workout because, and at the end of the day, you feel the best about that type of stuff too sure. because you know that you did the work that's going to get you results later. Yeah. You know, and so that's our goal for our team too is like, hey, you're not going to feel all fluffy and happy here all the time. Like, there's going to be times where we challenge you as a person, like your character, um, you know, your grit, you like the amount of time, like, or like effort you have to put in to get a result here. And also having hard conversations with people, you know, like some people will just let stuff slide, but our goal is to have the hard conversation with an employee. If there's something we see that's wrong with the way that they interact with someone, like we're going to call it out and make sure that they understand like, Hey, this is why it was wrong. This is what I think you can be better. And you can ultimately become a better person by making these characteristic change. But you know we vet everybody that before they come into our company too to make sure that they meet our core values you know uh that we're looking for because it's like people just don't fit in a culture where like if if we run this way and then this person's this way it just never works out like they just join us and i realize that's not for me and they they leave so whenever we interview people too we're always looking for that as well but that was a ramble but just a little bit behind like how we operate and things like that so yeah
0: that's legit because like a lot of people just hire just to hire right yeah they it's, need help right yeah and I, I gotta
1: get this taken care of it's like we'll, we'll literally suffer as a team to find the right person like yeah. it's
0: better not to bring the wrong person in you know up front yeah yeah i've been through that like a couple like there's like a couple phases right where it's like the all the work just piles up and then it's like shit dude like i need help you know and it goes to my mind of like you know calling this dude and this dude and this dude that i know that I can come and help but then it's like, ah, dude, like, you know, I just, I don't see him, like, as part of the team long-term, so I just don't call him, mm-hmm. you know, so I, like you're saying, like, just rather suffer, like, the way that we're at right now, and, like, you know, we'll get through this part, and then, you know, eventually we'll find somebody that, you know, that I can see uh, fit into the team long-term.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, we listen to Andy all the time, right? Yes. So it's like, <clears throat> I think he talks about, a lot about, um, like you have to develop the right person too so it's like you got almost just find the right frame so find someone with good ethics really right has a willing who wants to grow and wants to learn wants to get better and then just train them all the specific stuff that you need to train them on you know
0: yeah yeah cuz yeah you need to yeah you need to build the people but you need to have like it they need to at least have like that basic stuff right like you're saying like the good ethics mm-hmm. and then from there you know you can teach a skill
1: yeah yeah. yeah, you develop them, you know. The more time and the more value added to their life, too, the more loyal they become. Yeah, for sure,
0: dude. And like, it was crazy. Like, I was actually thinking about it when, when I was on my way here from work. Um, it's like I never, I never like found like synthetic grass. At least like not like before. I never found it to really like. Like to me, it was like you know what's the point of getting it? You know, like I read, like I would just rather have real grass. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I started thinking, like, damn, dude, like, I gotta cut the grass. I hate cutting grass. You know, I have to, like, clean up the dog poop. You know, I hate doing that. Still gotta clean it off the turf, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I was just, like, imagine it's easier, right? And, like, I don't know, there's, like, a whole bunch of other shit that, like, you're saying, like, there's, like, dirt and stuff and mud and... All this like shit, and it's like, damn, dude, like, uh, you know, I don't want to be doing all that shit. So it's convenience, it's, is yeah, really what it is. Yeah, I guess now it makes sense to me, like, why I would I'd rather have turf. Yeah. Then there's guys that love
1: mowing their lawn, though, you know, yeah. which I get it too. Like, I like being outside and taking care of my stuff, but like, there's certain areas where turf makes a lot of sense to people. And, For sure. Like, especially areas that even get heavy foot traffic from pets or their kids. But
0: yeah, yeah. My dad's one of those guys where you know he. He sees, like, coming home from work, you know, and mowing the grass in his tractor, you know, having a beer. Like, he sees that as, like, living life. Yeah. You know, and, like, I totally respect it. You know, because it's, like, things that, you know, we take pride on, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And, but it's just, like, that's not, that's not me. For sure. (laughs) Like, I would rather just fucking have, you know, everything turf and, I mean, just, you know, do the minimum that I need to clean it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how do, like, how do people clean that? That's a good question, man. Um...
1: So, you typically just spray it off or blow it off. And then, um, if there's like, if you're using it for pets, like there's different solutions out there you can get to disinfect the product. But, you know, if there's like stuff that falls on the top of it, you can use a blower and whatnot. Everything's good there. But pick it up, pick it up after the dog poop, you know? You wanna make sure you clean that up. But it's really easy to clean, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Is there like anything, like anything that would maybe mess it up? Or, like, showing the lifespan of turf? So it's all warrantied for, like, against UV
1: degradation, things like that. Um, The only thing is, like, there is a specific melting point of turf. Like, I think it's over, like, 180 degrees, but window reflections sometimes will toast the grass. So it'll literally melt it. And so the warranties aren't covering, you know, window reflection because it's, like, an outside, you know, factor that we can't control from a manufacturing standpoint. And so um window reflections like if you have golfers we have uh, wire mesh i'll show sure you a photo of this but we put down golfer wire it's basically quarter inch galvanized hardware cloth and it comes in a roll like four by 100 we roll it out underneath the base before we put the base which goes down before the turf goes down so we put down this layer and um you know it basically creates like a barrier so the golfers can't dig through your turf but also if they tunnel and it collapses it has something to hold up your base layer and so um we just did a job this week and i was we use this uh cloud-based software called company cam for all of our photos so like if you you know on my corona job site they can take photos like especially if like they do a job walk and there's something broken you want to get a photo of that before so you don't get liable for it right yeah. um but they're taking the pictures and there's <laughs> this gopher mesh and a freaking golfer just like upside down under it, just holding on to it, like it got trapped under the golfer mesh during the job. Oh, so wow. it was like, I've never seen that in my life, but um, it works, you know. But that's one of the things, too, you have to be <laughs> yeah. careful of like window, window reflections and then golfers and rodents and things like that, digging
0: through it. Yeah, what's uh, what, um, what kind of projects do you guys do, or what kind of projects like do you uh, focus specifically on, like commercial, residential? um i don't know Uh, it's like stadiums stuff like that
1: yeah mostly residential i'd say like 95 percent of our stuff's all residential and then some small commercial we done a sports field back in um 2020 Mm -hmm. like a full-blown like football field like for a high school yeah um the job went really well just we don't get a lot of opportunities like that because the sports field industry is dominated by just a handful of um you know, people doing the sports fields and they happen to also manufacture directly and install direct. So there are overhead costs and their cost of doing the job is very minimal. So it makes it really hard for someone like us to come in and compete with them unless we're manufacturing the product. We can install it, but manufacturing, it's the part where they have the biggest step up on people. So most everything we do is landscape related. So front yard, backyard, we do some playgrounds, you know, for schools, um,
0: sports uh, facilities pet facilities things like that what would you like to like focus more on or you know like get something that you haven't done that you would like to get into in the future
1: uh, in regards to the turf business or just in general it's just uh, the turf business um i'd say uh, honestly you're just scaling it we're at the point where like i know we, we are in the right spot so yeah. it just we've got a um, get the right pieces and people in place in these new locations, and then just start scaling that that model. So just more of the same really. Yeah. It's easier to repeat and do what you're familiar with and become really good at it than to like try to get into all these other areas. That's what happened when we started doing all the pavers, the walls, the patio covers. like now you're not dealing with just one vendor for products, you're dealing with like five vendors for products, wall block material, pavers, concrete vendors, um, you know patio covers so there's just more room for moving pieces it's like if you were to do an electrical project someone asked you to like drywall the house too and then have you do the lights now you're not just focused on getting your wire and getting your electrician guys in there you're having to figure out drywall material drywall guys you know everything so we kind of we're not really a general contractor like we were for a point in time but um more, more just staying in the same lane that we operate in and doing it really well is what I'm looking for. So it's more so like what geographic locations we want to move to. So, Florida's on the list this year. Nevada's on the list. Obviously, doing some stuff here in Austin, but um, we're opening up probably in Dallas next year. Mm-hmm. It's just good. It's a good market for turf, and so um, just we're going to start expanding. Geographically, because we have the right model now, we have the right pieces. It's just a matter of putting in more into
0: the top of that funnel and managing it well. You know. Yeah, and and as far as like the the construction, right? Really, like the general construction, like how how do you wanna like start building that? Or is that gonna be like separate, different name?
1: Yeah, that'll be probably me personally. That'll oh. just be kind of like my own investments. Um, so like <clears throat> later on, like right now we're in the process of building uh, or designing a home to build a custom home with a builder out near where we live and so that process i really love so finding a piece of land conceptualizing a house designing a house plan from scratch and then having the plans made and then finding a builder or eventually being my the, the builder and having the subs come in the problem is like out here the home market is so on fire that it, all the subs that are really decent are likely working consistently for general contractors who are building, you know, 10, 15 plus houses at a time. So finding subs to do that, I think, would be pretty difficult. But eventually, um, you know, as I grow my own personal capital, I'd like to start finding properties and designing them, building a home on them, and then selling them. So yeah. essentially, just becoming a spec home builder, like a custom home builder, but buying the stuff, the asset
0: myself, and then going to market and selling it. Yeah, for sure. I love that. So. Yeah. 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 I get the whole, the like, creativity on it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like, how, how, how further down the line do you, like, see that vision come to life with the home building? Stuff? It depends.
1: I mean, it could be as soon as next year. It yeah. um, just depends on, the capital. I've got a couple of little things going with my brother and, like, side businesses, like, uh, I'm an investor in some of the turf retail locations, so there's some passive income from those, which is nice. And I plan on utilizing that to invest in some real estate or um, do some of these home building projects. But just Lord willing, whenever the time's right, and I got the capital and the right opportunities come up. Because buying land right now is not the most, uh, (laughs) you know, it's not a, there's not really great deals for land right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've heard, especially in the Austin market. Yeah, the Austin market's pretty. It's pretty hot. Yeah, I know. Very hot for sure. Yeah, especially with all the people moving in, like from other states and whatnot.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a discussion for, for
0: sure. You can go on
1: for days about that. Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, dude. So, um, is there is there anybody that that uh, can help you scale your business, or s- somebody that you know does like some specific thing that? can help you like achieve your goals, scaling your business. Yeah, so
1: just funny you ask that. We just hired a VP, um, a new VP, which would replace me mm-hmm. in the business. Um, right now, I'm currently in an operating manager's role, so I oversee two project managers. I'm actually like I had a project, I had an uh, operations manager prior, and they he ended up moving on to a different career, but I stepped in and took over his position. So I stepped in from being the VP of our company to being an operations manager and the VP. But um, the goal is to bring on somebody who can help us scale to the next level nationally. So we found this guy named Hugo, who's uh, just come on board. Literally, he started two weeks ago. So we're going through his training, getting him up to speed with our business. But um, he's going to basically help us lead and grow and bring on the right people in order just to get us to that national company. Like we plan on being in, you know, ten plus states in the next four years. So we have a lot of a lot of territory to grow in. So this year is our first year really jumping into new territories, but having that, having people is like our biggest asset, right? So we bringing on this guy with a ton of experience, who's been uh, through business expansions and growth and ran like billion dollar company before who can show us the ropes. Like I, we hire people to learn from them, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people I have on my uh, team in our company that I literally, that are way surpassed me in expertise that I have to bring on to learn from. Um, And then my brother's company like within those companies there's a lot of top dogs there too just they've been you know in business for over 20 years and they've grown businesses from something small to something huge and they have experiences so getting to learn from them's everything really you know and just everybody we have on has a different perspective too like even if they're in a, a role underneath my position i still can learn a lot from them because they have a different perspective it's like never being too uh prideful to think that you know it all like that's when you stop growing (laughs) so we try to be just transparent and open it's like okay like if someone calls me out or says like hey we can do this better like we have to listen to them it's not like the Kyle show it's like it's the whole team's operation
0: here you know yeah yeah that's awesome because like there's a lot of especially construction or trades companies that like you got you know the foreman's and if the apprentices like tell the foreman hey you know like I think this is the correct way to do it according to code or whatever They'll just like blow them off, yeah, right. Just because they think that you know they're above them, but it's like, dude, you can learn them off from these guys. Yeah,
1: especially if they're doing it more often than you are, right? Yeah. They can see <laughs> the problems every day, and yeah. like, ultimately, it's just going to help you, anyways. You know, if you yeah. just learn from those
0: those things that people are saying. So, yeah, and I think I think Andy said said this one time in one of the podcasts. He said, um, "You can learn you can learn something from everybody, um, even a homeless man, uh, even if it's just like one not to do." Mm-hmm. Right. So even this. So it, it doesn't always have to be positive, but you know you can learn. Like okay, that guy did that mistake. Like, I'm not gonna do that mistake. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. There's there's just always being aware of people's
1: experiences and what you can learn. You have to have an open mind to be able to learn. You know, like you can't just think that you always know it, and it's just you're limiting yourself, right?
0: Yeah. The, the key, like, to you guys' growth is it or I guess, like, do you think, like, it really helped you uh, hire people that, like, know more than you, and especially, like, in certain things?
1: Yeah, well, you get to the point where, like, most of the time, like, just now in business, we're getting to the point where, like, we can actually afford to hire those people. Like, okay. they're not cheap people yeah. to hire, right? Yeah. Like, the guys who have been there and done that, like, you don't, they're not just going to take, like, some of them will actually come in for a decent price, because if you have a lot to offer, like, hey, you're exciting business, you guys are growing in something new, but... Um, they're still going to cost more than what you're usually able to pay early on, you know? That's true. And so uh, most of our people, like, we've grown with. Like, they came on five years or, or so ago, and they've grown with us, you know, become more. But the thing is, like, you always want to promote within if you can, but the reality is if your business is project, projecting to grow faster than the individuals can grow, because, like, let's be honest, like, you and I, we can only learn and grow so much. Like, if someone said you need to be the VP of a... A twenty million dollar business in two months. Like, I'm not qualified for that. What do you mean? Like, I'm personally not qualified for that. And that's that's the position we're in. Is like, let's bring the guy in who is qualified to run a five hundred million dollar company. Okay, cool. Can we afford him? All right, let's get him in. And then, you know, if we can afford him, then let's go for it and learn from him and have him run this. You know. And so, um, like, what we would try to do is like give people opportunities to grow with us. But sometimes the business outpaces their ability to grow. And so they have to stay in a position or take a different position within their company to, you know, to be able to grow. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. And what do you, like, what would you say? Because, like, I, I personally believe that not everybody, like, um, like, takes a job just for the money, right? So, like, if there's somebody that's, like, overqualified, like that person that mm-hmm. can run the, like, $50 million business, right? Like, you want that person in your team. Right, because he can, like, he knows how to do which what you, where what you're trying to go, right? So, like, how do you, I guess, convince him, like, to join the team, not just by like the amount of money that you're, you're going to be paying
1: him? Yeah, I mean, they have to obviously align with your mission, right? Yeah. And so, like, if they don't align with the mission and vision of your company, if you don't even have one of those yet, like, yeah. everybody has one. You just sometimes it's not defined, right? Yeah. Like we we did like over the last two years, we really worked on that. We developed our mission. You know, on our vision, we actually wrote it down and we told our team what it is because it's not important just for the guy you're trying to get on. It's important for the people you already have too, because everybody wants to be part of something that's not about just themselves. They want to be part of something bigger, right? And so your company has to support a purpose that can, and that's weird being in construction. Like how like like it for like like a supplement or a nutrition or a like physical therapy place like or a doctor's office like. That's the easy one to like, yeah, we're helping people's lives. Like in construction, like how do you do that? Yeah. Right? So I think a lot of people probably try to figure that out. I was like, I think similar to what we do, like similar to what you do, you gotta give some people some sort of value by giving them electricity or electrical work or lights. Like for me, you were like you I had you do lights at my house. Like now I get to drive home and look at my front eaves and be see my house lit up. It's like my house looks cooler than that one. That's yeah. cool, that makes me feel good. <laughs> you know? So Um, you know, in every way, like a construction company, if we're building, it's, it is easy to tie like value to what you do and to improve the quality of people's lives. But like what I said was like before is like, we we're all about it, not just for our our customers, but also for, um, our team as well. And so when people join our team, like we, we have conversations weekly with every single one of our staff It's like, this is what our mission is. This is why we do it. And it applies to everything we do. And so we can't, like, deliver a crappy project and make someone's life living hell during the process of installing their turf. Like, Mm -hmm. making them so miserable. Like, well, your turf looks great at the end of the day, but that process made you, like, caused you anxiety. Like, that doesn't work either. So the customer experience from start to finish also has to be in line with
0: what our mission and vision is, you know? Yeah. Did you guys start with, like, did you guys start the company with that? Or is that something that you guys, like, came up with? no we did on the road dude we came up with it like a year ago okay it's always been in our hearts
1: to help people but we didn't know how our business lined up with that and so um i guess going back to your previous question is like you have to have a good mission and vision for them to want to be part of it because most people are like once the money makes sense it's that's not really what keeps them there it's like being part of something bigger but um no we didn't start the business with it it was far from that we started the business because like I got to pay my bills, (laughs) so let's just start this, let's do this
0: thing, I think we can figure it out, you know? Yeah, the reason why most, you know, tradesmen start their business is they got to pay their bills, Mm -hmm. and that's probably something, like, you know, that they learned as kids Um, growing up, you know, they were involved in it, so they just kind of stick with it, you know, but, yeah, like, they don't, you know, my dad, like, never, he still does his electrical back home, but he, he, like, never it doesn't have core values it doesn't define like what the mission is of course mm-hmm. the statement and all that stuff
1: i mean that that's fine if you just want to support yourself the rest of your life but sure. if you want to grow something i think it's like a mandatory like you have to create those things and i don't know i mean it's hard to sustain something if you're just like i'm just going to work to, to work to make the money so i can pay the bills and survive yeah. like most people have like a drawing like they want to go further than that you know and I mean, maybe not most people. I don't know. Maybe it's just <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's not for everybody. It's okay too. Like if you enjoy doing the mundane stuff and that's just like satisfies you, then great. You know, yeah. it's like Andy always talks. Like you want to be the best French fry fryer in the world, and sure. that if you're content with that, then great. You know, we need those people too. Not everybody can be like the one who wants to start and
0: grow a business. If we all did that, we'd all be like one man show. You know? Yeah. Was it was it hard? you know, when you guys, like, started developing all that stuff, was it hard to implement it? Um, yeah, I kind of, kind of, trying to think through, like,
1: how that process was, I, I vividly remember driving on a freeway, calling Dylan, because I, honestly, Arte is what drew my attention to it, it's like, I didn't realize how important it was, so I was like, dude, they're right, I do need to do that, and it was in my heart already, right, it's like, it makes sense, why not, you know, and so we, um, I was like, Dylan, we need to we need to make, like, actual mission and vision statement for our company. And we also need to align on what our core values are. Because the way... Basically, what a mission and vision is is, like, kind of like your destination, right? It's like, that's, like... This is the end goal. It's what we're always striving for. core values is kind of, like, the filter and, like, the way that you operate on a daily basis to get there. Yeah. You know? Like, this is our goal, and this is how we operate. And so I figured, like, you can... Like whatever our business ends up being, like I stopped selling turf and I started selling batteries. Like our core values would stay the same, and our mission, vision probably would stay the same. It'd just be like <laughs> to the cells of batteries. Like we're going to improve the quality of people's lives.
0: Like somehow, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and everybody does have it, but it's just kind of like in their mind, right, mm-hmm. Like, all the time. And I guess they do need to just like sit down and actually like put it on paper.
1: Yeah, it took me and my brother about probably two months just to hammer through what our core values were. We thought we brought in other core values. We looked at other things. We walked through what they each meant to us. Because at the end of the day, my brother and I are partners in our construction business. And he's got the other business as well, like four or five of them. And uh, they have, we kind of all operate as one organism, you know, mm-hmm. just because they're all within the turf industry. And, um yeah, we just developed those. And then we started, we did videos explaining what they meant. And then we realized, Hey, why don't we just give the list to our employees and ask them, interview them, and ask them, like, what is this? Like one of those proactive communication, you know, like hey, are, what does proactive communication mean to you? And then we'd interview like a whole bunch of our employees. And then we use those videos as like a reel to put together for our company and said, Hey, mm-hmm. it's not just the owners saying like, Hey, this is our core values better <laughs> apply them. You know, it's like, all of the teammates are like, oh, my buddy over there in that department said this is what it means exactly. to him. Like, that's right, that doesn't mean that. Like, yeah. you have to create buy in, like, you have to get other people involved in creating stuff because then they have, like, a stake in it. You know, they have some ownership in that and they want to
0: see it succeed at that point. Yeah. So it's like, I guess, like, so, like, they don't follow it and they're like, damn, like, you know, I'm kind of, like, bullshitting myself, right? Because, like, I was, like, part of it too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, exactly it gives them like that guilt right like if they don't live up to it for sure yeah and the thing is too like even as
1: like you know owners or founders of a business like we know what our core values are but we don't always like there's some there's days i miss it all the time right like there's things i don't always apply proactive communication to you know or being prepared like coming prepared is one of them grit um what other one? No BS. Like, which means like, don't go and tell, talk to people about someone behind their back. Like, go to that person and say, Ever, "If I got an issue with you, I'm gonna come talk to you about the issue." Don't go tell Joe, dude. You see what Irvin did? Like, that pissed me off. And like, our is supposed to be like, if Joe hears someone talking about Irvin, this Joe says, "Did you talk to Irvin yet?" <laughs> and then, yeah. then I was like, "No." It's like, we'll go talk to him because I don't want to hear your crap. <laughs> you know? So I just, it's more effective, right? It's it shifts the thing from gossip and wasting time just like like venting is okay in certain situations like you have to vent somewhere right um but you have to be a solution seeker like don't complain about something unless you're willing to go fix it right Mm -hmm. and so like that's one of the values and like you know we have to hold ourselves accountable to them and i even tell my team like hey you guys call me out if you see me not living up to this these values tell me so i can
0: be aware of it like sometimes i'm just reactive you know it happens we're all human yeah yeah, we forget sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's important because sometimes like this ego gets like in the head of business owners. Dude, there's so many factors. Like, you look at a P and L, or you look
1: at a deal that was negative or something like throws you off all day. You're pissed. You yeah. know, you're just thinking about it like the, yeah. rest of the day and stuff. Or like a customer interaction, like someone has like a bad experience with you, or like someone's just calling to complain because that's just sometimes what they do. Yeah and then you're just pissed or you're off in a weird mood and then you go and it's like having to be self-aware and catch yourself before you go and you like
0: take the negativity and you put it somewhere else you know yeah yeah that's huge dude dude that man i appreciate you like coming over here and, and fucking like saying all this value stuff man like it's legit thanks it man um yeah so uh where, where can people like find you or connect with you and all that good stuff
1: yeah, so my my Instagram's private. I probably should not make it private that yeah. long. But, um, I guess our, it depends. Like. Our Instagram's not, for uh, for the business, it's not private. So it's just the at symbol, builtright.com, which is B I am oh, not dot com. <laughs> at builtright, so B-I-L-T-R-I-G-H-T. So there's no U, built right, but it's not spelled right. <laughs> so. And then my personal one's K-Georgian, so the letter K and then my last name. Okay.
0: Cool, man. Yeah, we'll we'll link it up on the on the video and the show notes for that. Cool, dude. yeah, yeah it'd be
1: great to you know connect with other construction
0: minded people and you know grow together. Yeah, for sure, man. That's fine. We gotta we gotta change the industry, you know, most of the time.
1: Yeah, I just want to make com- contractors like contractors have a better rap, right? Yeah, It seems exactly. like you know, it's like let's let's change that, you know. Yeah, for sure, man. Hey, well, I appreciate yeah, you. dude. For Sure.